Hey there, small business owners. Welcome to the Tax Talk Podcast, the premier business podcast aimed at unlocking your unique potential. I'm your host, Jared Pollan, and I help my clients do three things. Find common sense business solutions, minimize tax and maximize profits, and preserve your legacy. Each podcast episode will dig deep into an everyday problem that small business owners face, and most importantly, explore solutions to these problems. Are you ready to solve problems? Are you ready to keep more of your hard-earned wealth? And are you ready to preserve your legacy? Let's get to it. Welcome to episode six of the Tax Talk Podcast. This episode, we are going to be looking at overall succession planning. What you kind of need to know, what are some of the steps that need to be taken, and just some of the important things to consider to avoid some common pitfalls and uh, just kind of tie this back into a blog post that'll go out with it that will provide you know a, a much higher level of detail that you can go over and then uh, touch base with me uh, after the fact if you've got questions about uh, initiating some succession planning within your business whether that be passing it on to you know, the next generation, or to some employees, or to a, a third party. So, how do you create a succession plan? What are some of the things that you need to take into consideration when you are getting the ball rolling on this process? Typically, I think the biggest concern that business owners have when it comes to dealing with succession planning is their personal attachment to the business. They've probably spent a number of years, a lot of time, blood, sweat, and tears invested in growing the business and seeing it become successful. And it becomes very difficult to separate these things to take yourself away from something that's provided with, you know, provided you with so much value over the years. And uh, it's just become a big part of you. And it's, it's hard to kind of give that up. And I, I think, you know, for most of my discussions with clients, this is the biggest thing to, uh, to kind of jump over the big, the big hurdle to get over. So, when you've kind of got to the point where you've realized, you know, I've got to implement something, you know, I don't necessarily want to walk away today or tomorrow, but it's important to do some of this planning, get it into, you know, some written form, have some sort of uh, idea as to where the business is going, you know, what can we do to, to get the ball rolling? So the big thing that needs to be in any succession plan is communication. If 
there is no communication, the plan is going to ultimately fail. Whether it be, you know, transferring it to your kids, over to some employees or selling off to a third party, there needs to be buy-in from the start. The plan needs to, you know, work for the family unit. There needs to be discussion around who's taking over, how that's going to happen, when is it going to happen, the values associated with it, if there are kids that will be taking over versus some kids who have no interest, you know, how are you going to divide up your estate so things, you know, are fair and you, you know, keep your kids on talking terms. So that is the biggest thing that needs to be taken into consideration, communication. Once you've got this kind of first hurdle taken care of, you've decided you're pushing forward, you've communicated the plan to some of the key individuals within the business or those that might be taking over, then the next important thing to consider is putting your business into a sellable state. Now, what does this include? Probably one of the bigger things is making sure, if at all possible, that your business is, quote unquote, on side for small business capital gains exemption. So what does that mean? Well, there's a number of different rules. I won't get into the technicalities of it, but essentially what you're trying to do is meet CRA's active business rules. And basically in a nutshell, that means divesting or removing any non-active assets. So, you know, investment portfolios in the stock market, um, large amounts of unused cash, those types of things that move your business from a non-active producing entity to more of a passive income earning entity. So that would be one of the biggest things to take into consideration. There's a number of timelines associated with that. So it's important to take care of these things on an ongoing basis, as opposed to waiting to the bitter end to kind of deal with this because you never know when a offer might come along your way to purchase the business. And if you don't have it in a sellable state, you might forego some favorable tax treatments as a result. In addition to those particular items, it's also important to, you know, clean up any, you know, maybe unneeded lines of credit, um, cleaning up your shareholder loan accounts, those types of things. Just getting anything that might be in there that is more so kind of associated with you and how you might run the business, whereas the subsequent owner might not have any use or might have a different vision for the business. And these things can easily be, you know, hived off. And, and that new owner can kind of get a clearer picture of what it is that they're buying, you know, where the revenues and expenses coming from, and, and just painting a clearer picture. So you're able to probably 
get a better sale price on your business at that point in time. What's the next step? Valuation. You need to figure out what your business is worth. What do you want to begin negotiations with? Um, me personally, I am not a certified business valuator. We do provide, you know, just some baseline business valuations to clients based on, you know, earnings before taxes, um, earnings multipliers, those types of thing. And it gives you a bit of a baseline to, to start negotiations off with. Um, if you are holding a large amount of real estate, or maybe there is an inherent amount of goodwill that is being generated from the development of your business that could be passed on to the subsequent owner, it might be of value to contact a, a certified business valuator to go down that road. And then you have to kind of then keep in mind that regardless of what the evaluator might come up with, what you might think the business is worth, or what the accountants kind of steered you down the, the pathway to, is the actual sale price is whatever you and the potential purchaser deem to be, you know, the going rate for that business. So, you know, typically we would advise a client, you know, maybe here's a bottom end, you know, if you were just to liquidate the business, this is what you might expect after you paid some taxes. And then based on maybe some sort of earnings multiplier appropriate to your industry, this might be a top end. And then that at least gives you, you know, a bit of a range to work with. You might be able to understand some of the implications of tax around that, what the eventual uh, cost it is to get maybe some of that money out to you personally. And then you're able to, to start negotiations that way. So once you've got those things in place, then, you know, one of the more, I guess, notable or consistent things that we see out of business owners is that they push forward with a reorganization. And typically what this does is it allows the new owners to come into the business at a maybe a lower price than would be expected if you were selling shares off to them directly. So without getting into the details of it, basically what the reorganization and a share freeze would do is it would move the value that you have kind of grown in the business over the course of however many years away from your common shares and put them into redeemable preferred shares, then the company would be able to issue nominal shares to maybe your kids, employees, whoever might be buying into the company. And then that would allow them to participate in future growth of the business while you are still able to retain control. Again, like I kind of discussed in some other videos, it's important to put safeguards in there to ensure that you, you know, are retaining control over a number of years and that those preferred shares are being paid out on some sort of, you know, regular basis 
and uh, that you kind of fully understand the, the tax consequences involved with redeeming shares versus selling shares, and that a bit of tax planning is done on the backside to ensure that that is favorable to you. So now what happens when you kind of get all this done, you've decided, you know, I want to transfer it to my family. There's a number of different ways that you could do that. You could gift the shares, which is going to result in disposition at fair market value. More than likely some capital gains tax. Probably in some cases, if you know the shares qualify for small business rates, then you're going to be able to shield some of that tax. But again, you might have uh, some alternative minimum tax that applies at that juncture. So again, important to do some tax planning there. Typically, we wouldn't advise going down that route as it really kneecaps the, you know, the original owner operator as far as planning for retirement because there's no, no funds coming back to him or her. Um, you could sell the shares, as I mentioned before, again, result in capital gains good to to check into some of those alternative minimum tax implications and uh, making sure that uh, you've got an understanding of any taxes associated with that. Um, again, that estate freeze, um, transferring the shares into, you know, from the commons over to the preferreds and then redeeming those over time. Um, this can be a way to, to fund the retirement and um, you know, ensure that you've got some consistent income coming in, but you need to understand the risk that is inherent in moving the business over to the next generation and the fact that the business needs to continue producing income to ensure that your retirement is being paid for. So next, if we move into uh, transferring to employees, Again, I did a whole kind of podcast on this one. You can touch, you know, on that to, to get some of the ins and the outs of the owner selling off or the owner freezing the shares and the employees kind of buying in via that estate freeze. I'll let you uh, kind of view that at your leisure to get a bit more details on that. And there's a specific blog uh, associated with that as well. Um, and then I guess the other two options in a little less detail, transfers to other shareholders. So depending on how the corporate structure is, you know, there might be a buy-sell agreement in place. Um, you might have to consider that before moving down the, you know, succession planning pathway to ensure that what you're willing or wanting to do as far as moving your shares to someone else is uh, is acceptable within that buy-sell. There might be some sort of first rights that the other shareholders can purchase your shares up prior to you selling them off to someone. So it's always important to you know consult that document ahead of time. And then transferring to, to outside parties um, can be a little bit more tricky, probably more time spent in getting to know that other party, providing documents to them, making sure that everybody does their fair share of due diligence, you know, to ensure that uh, what the seller is 
you know, agreeing to is going to return back to them as far as the purchase price. And then what the purchaser is, is getting in that new business is, is what they're paying for and that it's a fair deal for both parties. So that can be a bit of a time consuming process. And uh, it, is, it is difficult to, to get through some of those but uh, those do those offers do come up they can come up out of the blue and that's why it is important to always keep that business in a sellable condition to ensure that if those offers do come into you that uh, you're ready to go for them and then lastly i just want to kind of touch on family trust agreements so this is you know another way to maybe structure the corporation going forward if you are kind of planning to keep the business within the family group, it might be, you know, acceptable or advisable to freeze the business and then bring in a family trust at that point in time. This can provide for, you know, additional tax planning opportunities. Um, you know, you might be able to then get some funds out to other family members, um, provides for a bit more liability protection, those types of things. Um, some of the recent changes in tax regulations have made the income splitting a bit more challenging. So it's important to, to kind of take that into consideration when you're doing this planning, because implementing a trust within the structure does you know bump up the complexity, the accounting fees, the legal fees, all those things. So it needs to be beneficial to you as a business owner and as a family group to ensure that you're not implementing a bunch of planning that isn't beneficial to you in, you know, maybe not necessarily the short term because the trust might be more of a longer term item, but you need to ensure that what you're implementing now is going to have some payoff down the road. Otherwise you're just your tax planning for the sake of tax planning and other than the uh, the accountant and the lawyers uh, making money off of it there's no real value to you then so always make sure that what you are implementing is, is what you're needing and what you're expecting to kind of see as far as maybe you know business growth down the road in, in the, the immediate future for sure so in conclusion you know business succession planning it's difficult. Um, it, it's hard to build a business. I think based on, you know, fairly readily available statistics, it's even harder to see that business, you know, pushed into that second or third generation and, and to continue onwards. So the biggest thing, you know, I always say is just that communication aspect. It's important for the business owner to, to speak with the accountant and the lawyer on a regular basis to involve his or her family in the discussions and to ensure that everybody's just aware of what's going on, that no surprises come up because at the end of the day, you're looking to preserve, you know, your legacy through the continuation of this business onwards. And that's best done by involving everyone in the process. And I think typically if you can get that done, you know, are able to then have rational discussions about, you know, what they want to see out of the business, what they, you know, need for retirement, 
and you know what maybe some of the kids or the employees or whoever's taken over expects and, and needs to see in order to keep that business uh, profitable. Because ultimately, like we kind of mentioned at the start, the business owner is very tied to that to that operation and they want to see it continue on. So there's always that emotional attachment there that uh, needs to be taken into consideration when you are going down the succession path. So I think that it is it for this episode. I hope you found some value in it as per usual. Um, feel free to check out that blog. It's got a bit more details on the succession planning, what you can look for, some uh, just general tips and stuff. And then feel free to touch base with me at the office, 403-343-7707 or jared at rhfaccountants.ca. I would be happy to get you in for a you know, free one hour consultation to discuss your business and your succession needs. And we can put a plan in place that works for you to uh, preserve your legacy. Thank you for tuning in. Take care and we will talk soon.